Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my interview today is with Astra Taylor. She is a filmmaker. I, I saw a film by her a few years ago called, about 10 years ago now, with a friend of mine, Eden, uh, called uh, Examined Life, and absolutely loved it. We said hello to her, and I was a little disappointed she didn't re- remember me after 10 years, you know. Uh, but, but anyway, we talk about her new film, What is Democracy? And you are going to love this film. You're going to need to see it. It's at the Toronto International Film Festival. I think it's bordering on being sold out, uh, all the showings of it. But it's going to be available online, the National Film Board of Canada, we talk about democracy. We talk about things like uh, the courage to look within and about where, where to find, uh, where, to, where, to, where to look for responsibility and for, for, for blame. We talk about uh, this idea of, of, of emphasizing interdependence and about the house with the white picket fence being full of goods. Uh, we talk about an abstract mode and political and moral critiques and uh, you know, optimism of the intellect and, 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 and why an intellectual is someone who can turn anything into a question. Astra is, 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 uh, is a wonderful thinker. She's a, uh, a, and, a, and a brilliant filmmaker. You, you are really, truly going to want to see uh, this film. She asks questions like, what's it like the day after the protest? So stay tuned. Uh, get out and see the film if you can. And don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about my writing and my speaking and, and a whole host of other interviews. We've got a lot planned for TIFF uh, this year, 2018, and um, I'm really excited about what's coming up. So stay tuned. And don't forget, you can support me on patreon.com face-to-face there if you believe in what we're doing. And also, if, if you can't afford that, and I totally understand and, and totally get that, please, if, if nothing else... If you could leave, if you like what I'm doing here and you're enjoying some of these conversations, please do leave a review on uh, iTunes. It, it could go a long and will go a long way. Thanks so much for listening to Face to Face and for the support you've uh, given me uh, uh, along the way. And don't touch that dial. Astra Taylor coming up talking about what is democracy. 
Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest today. In fact, my first guest at the Toronto International Film Festival here with Astra Taylor. Uh, I'm going to call her a philosopher, a, a social critic, <laughs> a, a, a filmmaker, storyteller. Uh, thanks for, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, it's and, and I'm really thrilled about my new tech setup. It's pretty cool, okay, right? yeah, don't you it's think? Very good. This is a very professional setup. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to second that. Yeah, little, <laughs> little shout out to my friend uh, uh, Josh at Mix Media and, yeah. and Michael Lafleur at Infusion Media for yeah. for setting me up with what two cables and two microphones. Well, I think. crew, it's, yes, crew help is important. Yeah, That's a, also a, one of the things about film, right? It's very collaborative. It's a crew of one, actually. Yeah. There's, it's just Astra and I here in the room today. So so we're going to talk about, uh, well, I think we're going to talk about a lot of things, yeah. uh, but we're going to talk about your new film, What is Democracy? I think, though, the first question I, I have to ask you uh, with a smile is, uh, uh, how is Slavoj Žižek, and have you seen him lately? Oh, I did. I saw Slavoj maybe a year and a half ago, oh, actually. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, he was embroiled in a, in a scandal, actually, because he had made some remarks at a talk the night before um, that I got into an argument about uh, with him about. It oh, was, is that he right? Said, eh? Yeah, he said... I would have liked to have filmed that. Yeah, it was about... Um, it was actually about refugees and... Uh, yeah, he just, he, you know, he said something sort of inflammatory and we got in a debate about <laughs> but, but it. But doesn't he only say <laughs> things that are inflammatory? He, he only says things yeah. that are inflammatory. I saw but I think he's, I think he's, you know, he's up to his old tricks. I bet. I yeah. saw him at a Q&A at TIFF a few years ago for the, yeah. uh, the, the, was it the Pervert's Guide to yes. Ideology, I believe? Yeah. And uh, Q&A, and he just totally ignored the fact that they had to end. Yeah. And he just kept going and probably screwed the schedule, screwed the schedule all up. Isabel Bader yeah. Theater, it was hysterical. Yeah. yeah he's, you gotta uh, tell, you gotta tell him when to stop. He is theater in a t-shirt, yeah. is, is Slavo Zizek. <laughs> he's amazing. Well, thank you again I, and congratulations on the film Thank what a you. what a, um, a profound <laughs> engaging uh, a journey <laughs> nothing beautiful without struggle yes. opening quote in the film we start with a painting uh, we're we're in Italy I believe at yes. this point we, mm-hmm. we we cross the globe together we we sit in the park where Plato's Academy uh, uh, started which yes. was I can't wait to go there and that's Greece is somewhere I haven't done yet so I'm looking forward to that so I don't know I don't even know where to begin you know, yeah. I don't, and, and, and I'd love to hear about how, how difficult it was to make the film. I bet it was a real challenge. Uh, Cornell West, one of my faves mm-hmm. of, of all time. Everything he says is smart. Yeah, you know? <laughs> he's true. Just, that is true. <laughs> he's just so worth watching yeah. and listening to. Um, wh- so talk, let's, let's talk about that struggle. Yeah. God, nothing beautiful without struggle. So that's a quote from Plato's Republic. Um, and, you know, it seemed, it seemed appropriate because... You know, democracy is this beautiful promise. It's this beautiful mm. promise of equality um, and self-government. And uh, it doesn't come easily. There are lots of people who don't want us to have democracy, um, which is one of its paradoxes. Uh, and, and you know, doing democracy, is a, it's a pain in the butt, right? So the struggle is both a sort of struggle. The film, I think, we could say that there's sort of the struggle within and the struggle without. The right. struggle against the oligarchs, against the powers that don't want, uh, uh, you know, um, wealth and security to be broadly shared. And then there's the struggle within, you know, do we want to do the work that democracy requires? So the struggle is is happening in different places. And one struggle I had making the film was sort of, you know, where where to place the blame, right? Mm, so the film right, right. is very class-conscious, you know, there's a, there's um, an attention to various kinds of disparity, but especially economic disparity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yet, um, you know, the, the 
the film is also a challenge to, to to myself, to the viewer. You know, do we do we do we want to do the work that's required? I get the sense, mm-hmm. and you certainly kind of Cornell West certainly brings yes. in this existential comment about choice and freedom and fear and so on near the end, which yeah. we have to talk about. Yeah. Do do you think that's rooted in nothing beautiful without struggle? In other words. I can't find myself without struggling. I am going to be running from my freedom if I'm not f- wrestling with it yeah. in one way or another. I think there is a real existential dimension, right? I mean, it, you, you know, Cornel West is someone, I think in Examine Life, right? He says, you know, the, the courage, he talks about the courage to look within, actually. Um, and I, I can't remember his exact uh, quotes, though. If it was playing, I would know it all verbatim. But um, there is... Um, yeah, there is something about the, you know, the dark side of, of humanity in the film, right? This, the, the, the problems um, we have, you know, are, are they, come, they stem from people, right? right. They're, not a, they're not alien problems being imposed on us from outside of our species, right? Uh, and so there is, yeah, there is a, definitely an existential challenge in the film you know we have to to know ourselves um investigate you know why we're fearful why we're xenophobic why we exclude others um and uh and from there you know hopefully overcome some of our our weaknesses but i I think there's also i mean there is this uh, you know but it's also it's not just that the people are failing right it's not just the people aren't smart enough or worthy of democracy there's there there are powerful powerful interests that are you know, rewriting the rules of the game and basically trying to, you know, uh, enhance their their position and, you know, undermine some of the progress that's been made. So, you know, yeah, again, the film is trying to keep those, I love those tensions how, um, in focus. I love how Cornel West quotes James Baldwin, another favorite uh, yeah. writer of my I interviewed Raoul Peck okay. a few years ago yeah, on I, like on I Am Not too. Your Negro, yeah. the film. I mean, what a brilliant film. Well, and I think one brilliant thing that, that film does that is, you know, we we also tried to do, and, and I say we, meaning my mainly my producer, Leah Marin, and I, you know, what, what I Am Not Your Negro does is it brings up these social issues right. and how unjust um, things are and, and the challenge of racism, but it doesn't, it, it constantly zooms back up, back out to the structural. That's why Baldwin's so brilliant, right? right. Like he doesn't it's, just let you have a sort of moment of empathy and then catharsis and it's over. It's like, no, you have to keep the big political dilemmas and structures and focus. And so this film sort of well, zooms that, into the asking, personal. He's asking something of you, isn't he, at that yes, point? Yes, there's a challenge. Yeah. And so that this film has you know a lot of, it's not just sort of the meta thinkers, the Cornell West, the Wendy Browns, the Sylvia mm-hmm. Federici's. There's a lot of human mm-hmm. stories, yeah, right? Yeah, But But the empathy with those subjects isn't enough. It's always zooming from the personal to the political, from the sort of subjective to the structural. You end, you end the film, and, and by the way, uh, the Baldwin quote that I was thinking of, I think that Cornel West talks about, is that the burden's too great. Yeah, the burden's too great. This, this idea of our own freedom is just too great. I don't yeah. want it. Let somebody else take right. it off my chest or my shoulders yeah. or whatever, yeah. and, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll fall into line. Yeah. Well, freedom is a big theme of the film, right? Because yes. sort of the American mythos, right? So, you know, when I would ask people on the street what's democracy, some Americans would say it's freedom. Right. Right. But what kind of freedom? Because is it the freedom to to choose? I mean, we've had decades of of 
you know, propaganda, basically. I mean, go back to sort of like the, the, the Nixon Khrushchev kitchen debate, right? That American society is consumer freedom. It's, right, it's right. gadgets. It's literally these yes. gadgets in the kitchen. Um, it's, it's being able to have the white picket, you know, the, white, the house with the white picket fences full of consumer goods. So it's that freedom. That's one vision of freedom that we've really been sold. Um, but I think Cornel West is pointing to a, a different kind of freedom, right? The sort of freedom to determine the political and social world that you live in. And that's that's a much a bigger kind of freedom. There's also um, another distinction in the film that's the, you know, a sort of individual freedom versus collective freedom, right? And Wendy Brown talks about this when she references Rousseau. Yes. Rousseau thought we could only be free together. That's right, which right? I love, this yeah, idea of community. I mean, yeah, it's community, but that's, that's actually what freedom is, is us as a people collectively determining our existence, and that you, there is no such thing as individual freedom. Uh, Astrid presupposes inclusion. Yes, exactly, presupposes inclusion, and that that's the foundation of freedom. So that, the theme of collective freedom is a big one in, um, in the film. Um, well, and so I also write, there's the Ella Baker quote, that if, Someone's not free. You know, we're not free until everybody's free. Right, right. Um, uh, and I wonder too. Uh, what's the opening line? Uh, Born free, but everywhere in chains. Yeah. And I wonder. You know, that's that's Baldwin's quote, isn't it? To some yeah. degree, in a sense, we're 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 afraid of mm -hmm. step. We're afraid of 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 the mm -hmm. of the freedom of choice. Yeah. That that. Uh, um, just trying to think of uh, De Beauvoir, Ethics of Ambiguity. I'm not sure if you've read, yeah. but but brilliant. One of my favorite books uh, I, I, when I was doing my master's degree in, in philosophy, and and this idea that that as a child we 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 already start to lean away from that, mm -hmm. and we hit this point where it, we we realize, boy, I've been thrown into this world, and it's it, I had nothing to do with it. That scares the heck out of me. Now what do I do? You know, yeah. and and I think it's uh, this. Th these are the questions that you're yeah. you're exploring in the film yeah. for sure. But the emphasis on you know interdependence, says, mm. but let's not fetishize that idea of right. the, the existential, this you know the the Sartian soul who you know is. Um, you know, uh, can can face the abyss of freedom because we are actually already we we're we're socially embedded. We are interdependent, and you know that can lead us to a different conception of freedom that's not as existentialist right. in this individualist way. Sure, sure. So, um, but you know, I think there's a whole debate to be had about freedom, and the film does present you know different different dimensions. I love how. Um uh, at the end of the film, and I can't remember if it was you or somebody you were chatting with, but this idea of from the bottom. Mm -hmm. So it's got to be both. Yes. It's got to be, and and I wonder if you you uh, filmically uh, set it up that way. So you had these theoretical thinkers, the ivory towers, mm -hmm. if you will, yep. right, chatting about all this stuff top down, yeah. kind of. But then you really rooted it in in yeah. real story. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, people who were who were really struggling, not just with the idea itself, but but their own. Some sense of place in the world survival yeah, yeah even survival. more basic basic yeah. survival so the film um is very conscious of paradoxes mm. or these sort of you know tensions that have to be held and so the meta you know versus the i guess the macro versus the micro right the personal versus the political subjective and the structural the um, you know, even the emotional and the intellectual, because the intellectual feels like it's sort of this big abstract realm, this you know, um, of universal concepts versus the, the particular ways they have to be lived out. So that was I did want the film really to bounce back and forth. And again, it's this thing of 
you know, a lot of documentaries are observational. They follow one person's story or one community's stories. And, and I really appreciate that as a genre and a mode. I'm not against it. But for me, it's, it's always wanting to, I want to bounce back into the abstract and be like, what does this mean? You know, it's, it's, nobody is isolated, right? One person's story isn't the whole truth. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and, and you don't get to have a tidy ending. So that's, well, and isn't those that, tensions are, were really part of my framing this project. And even though we love that narrative fix and yeah. that, that. It is, it's a narrative fix, right? Yeah. You get that catharsis yeah. at the sure. end. And the film, it's, this film really tries to frustrate that. So, well, and so, <laughs> and, and aren't, aren't we, aren't we bundles of paradox and contradiction and complexity? I mean, yeah. like, I don't, I mean, even though I, I like the narrative fix too, and I think mm-hmm. I, there's reasons for that, but I don't know that life is really, Lived I mean, yeah, I don't think it is. Way. I mean, and I think that the film for me, you know, I'm a real lefty, you know, and so for <laughs> me, you know, I think, you know, sure, I would sign on to a lot of, you know, sort of uh, ten point plans for fixing democracy that had to do with, you know, redistributing wealth and right. seizing the means of production sure. and you know, getting rid of the capitalists and these things. But the for me, the the film is trying to point to the fact that these paradoxes would still exist, you know, even. In a in a more egalitarian, economically egalitarian world, we would still have to wrestle with how to where's the line, but you know, the local versus the global. How right. do we have sort of community control versus the fact that we live in this big interconnected world? We'd still have to wrestle with how to balance freedom and equality, or the interests of people who aren't yet born with the interests of people who who live now. You know, so the thing is, the contradictions are just you know eternal because we are we are I think ultimately existential fearful little beings you know and and life is complicated so the yeah the film you know i tried to convey a sort of moral you know there's a political moral critique it's not like the film is just like what is democracy i have no idea it's very it's very you know um well you say at one point you were you were, you were trying to distill it to one question yeah, I was trying to distill it. I was, you know, I was just trying to make a word we take for granted strange again because, you know, an intellectual is someone who can turn anything into a question, right? Um, and uh, and and that's yeah. Just this word, you know, and, and democracy is a word that honestly didn't really appeal much to me. I think if you had asked me after examine life, what do I think of the word democracy? I would have been like, meh. I kind of like revolution. I like justice. I like equality. I like freedom. But I think democracy just seemed like a really hollow word to me. And I and through I think I made it strange and um, and I've come around to that idea. Well, Again, and I, I like the word democracy a lot more than when I started out. Oh, that's the film. really interesting. I always like to often like <laughs> to ask filmmakers kind of what are, what yeah. do you now know that you didn't yeah. know two years ago? I think when you I, I think the, when I started out this project, I was like maybe I'm going to come on the side of just like democracy. No, we need something. We need a totally new right concept. Well, and, and you word. Do, and some of the people that you talk to do talk about that. Yeah. this complete overhaul. Yeah, maybe we right? just need a new word. And I'm with the people in the film who were like, no, this is a pretty, it's a pretty amazing word because it's a word that is nothing but a promise. There's, I think there's a basically the only, you know, the, the, what the film, what, sorry, what the word democracy says is people as equals will rule and be ruled, right? The people have the power. And so there's this baseline of equality, of political equality, and I think economic equality in that too, because if you don't have economic equality, then you don't have political equality if some people own all the wealth. Right. Right. There. So I think that's that's what the word democracy, uh, get, you know, 
necessitates. But other than that, it's just a it's a promise. It's this word that can keep expanding so it's and evolving. In. So I love that there's this idea of like, okay, it requires equality, but then and and then what? And, and then, and then, then what? it keeps going, and it's sort of this you know democracy is this enactment of equality, and we keep expanding what that means. And I think so. That's why I'm I'm not you know, I'm 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 down with the reclaiming of the word. So just before I ask you about hope, mm -hmm. I need to do a quick shout out to a friend of mine, Eden Rahim, yeah. who's a huge fan of yours, by <laughs> the way. And he's so awesome. he so wanted to be here today. <laughs> Ten years ago, maybe even to almost the day, we came to see Examined Life. I'm a huge fan, and so is he. And and he, he sends me a note a couple of days ago. Oh, I'd so love to meet Astra. I, I've recommended that film to at least twenty different That's people. That's amazing. That so makes my day. He's it's a, really he's great. A, he's a Thank you. Yeah, Thank you, friend. Yeah, and go and go and go out and see it, folks. If you haven't seen Examine Life, you need to. Uh, it's. It's uh, it's a compelling, engaging uh, piece that's uh, worth uh, viewing more than once. In, in truth, hey, yeah, view it ten times. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and is it available anywhere? Can we, can I think it's probably on the NFB, NFB site. site. There yeah, you go. It's an NFB come on, how, how easy can that be? I think be? it's really easy. Just it's two clicks away. Yeah. I mean, come on. I think right? someone uploaded. It Easier than ordering too. off of Amazon yeah. Prime. Yes. So it's uh, there's no. <laughs> so excuse. you can get it there too. <laughs> you can get nice, <laughs> cool. So uh, thanks, Eden. He's uh, he's quite the philosopher too. Okay, that's great. And he's struggling with these kinds of questions. Yeah. All the time too. Well, I so think what's in, you know, there are a lot of us out there, and that's why um, that's why I make these movies because yeah. you know these are I'm, there are a lot of us who are interested in ideas and interested in philosophy, and there's not a lot of cinema, um, you know, that has that as a layer. So. I love I love how you say that it's a, it's a word that's nothing but a promise. Is yeah. is it about hope? Is it a hope? So is it what it points towards? Uh, and we're and we're back to the struggle, I suppose. We're never yeah. going to quite get there. Yeah. Well, what is the the Gramsci quote, right? It's sort of pessimism of the intellect and optimism of the will. Mm. Um, and this film, I, this film's a little different, right? Because it's a, it's actually kind of optimism of the intellect, mm. right? Mm. <laughs> um, and there's hope from. So I, I really wrestled with the question of hope because I was I'm actually quite frustrated by documentary films that are about social issues that end with the rousing protest scene. I, I, I thought you were going there. You were about 10 or 15 minutes away, I think, yeah. maybe, from the end, and there is quite, there is a, quite a protest scene. Yes. And, um, uh, uh, I'm not sure, Greece, maybe? Yeah, well, the yeah. Refu refugees, of refugees yes, yes. demanding Syrian, open yeah, borders. Right, yes, yeah. Yeah, but then I don't go there. Yeah, you don't go there, yeah. not at all. And, um, and I thought it was important to show them... Uh, to show that community standing up for themselves, mm. right? Yeah, in other sure, words, right, sure. not just waiting for voice. international aid and sort of making, right. and not just feeling grateful for the crumbs that they've been given. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? 
elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Given. But, um, but I really didn't want to end with that. And so I actually had this idea going in. The spirit of the film was actually, what's it like the day after the protest? The day after the protest, you know, you've just had 100,000 people. They've come out to the street. Or maybe you've had, maybe it was 2003 when there were, you know, half a million people in New York City and the biggest global protest in history. The next day, you're totally ignored. And the problem's still there, and the media has moved on, right? Because, and so... Such a great question. Yeah, and so that Love was, a, that's sort of the spirit of the... So one reason, for example, that, that I was drawn to Miami, it's this global city with a lot of... Um, diversity and incredible inequality, but it's also where uh, the Black Lives Matter movement kicked off because Trayvon Martin was um, killed nearby. Um, and and it was sort of this place where these issues were really alive, mm -hmm. and yet they were having a hard time getting traction with elected officials. There was a sense of like a move, what it, what it really means to be right. in a social movement, right. which is not, you know, just the glorious street protest, right? Um, and so I wanted the hope, yeah, the hope of the film to be in the fact that people stick with it and in the struggle. And so that uh, the phrase that comes to me is just hard-earned hope. No, not mm, not mm. something, not this like facile, you know, um, placard waving scene at the end that I'm I'm so tired of because it's false. Because you know, I, the it I also have been much more involved in political movements. I mean, before Examine Life. I always wanted to be an activist. I always, want, always wanted to be an organizer, and I've done a lot of that work in the last 10 years. That's, that's sort of part of why right. I took a break from filmmaking. And it's hard. It's a lot harder than making movies. <laughs> you know, and so I wanted... Is it yeah. harder making movies because you don't No, no, see it's harder doing organizing. Right, right. Making movies is, you know... <laughs> movies is a joke in comparison. Is, it, beca is it because of the... You don't see uh, results. Is it part yeah. of that? Is it? Are we actually making a difference? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't see results. You know, you're you're often you know um, you're not remunerated. Your your right. work is not necessarily appreciated. It's strategically really hard. I mean, this is one question of the film. Where are the levers of power when when sort of these financial structures are so big? When when um, governments are becoming less accountable? I mean, look what's happening in Toronto, right? They're trying to sort of re. Um, you know, even further limit the number of reps in the city, right? right? I mean, there's, there's sort of this distancing of power from the people. It makes it harder and harder to figure out, um, you know, how to be effective. So I think, I hope the movie's made with a lot of respect for the hard work of doing democracy and organizing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? well, I think that's really cool, too, it, doing democracy. Mm -hmm. That could have been mm -hmm. the title, too, yeah, in a way, right? right? <laughs> it's, it's active. It is a struggle. 
Yeah. Right? It's you got to roll up your sleeves in every possible way, and this isn't going to be easy. And we've got to ask new questions. I love how yeah. you. I mean, you really challenge the way I th think, and I think that's. I, I, I think that's part yeah. of why you made the film, isn't it? Yeah. To, to challenge our way yeah. of seeing, to, to, to test those yeah. filters, those lenses. Yeah, so so the doing democracy thing, I mean, to go back to your freedom idea, there's there's that line, freedom is an endless meeting, right? Mm, so this is nice. the other, that's like nice. the other, you yeah. know, uh, this is why Oscar, uh, sorry, Oscar, um, uh, Oscar Wilde, right? Come on, really? I love Didn't Oscar Wilde. Didn't he say, Wilde. he said, uh, I don't like socialism because it takes too many evenings, <laughs> right? It would just be too many meetings. Um, but yeah, I think so, you know, I think in my political organizing, I often am in a persuasive mode. So I write a lot of op-eds, you know, 800-word okay. op-eds, right. you know, yep. for the New York Times, the LA Times. So I, I mean, I've written them for every major media outlet and saying, this is the problem, this is the solution, right. and here's yeah. why I'm right, and yeah. you should come to my point of view. The film operates in a philosophical mode, which it's it's not, its goal isn't to persuade, but to unsettle. And this is where it, it pays homage to Socrates and to Plato on a deeper level. It's not just an engagement with the Republic, but with this, you know, with the idea, you know, soccer, I, I love the Socratic mode of trying to get people to know what they already know and to then question what they think they know. Um, and so that's, yeah, so it's, it's so not good. persuasive. It's, you know, it's not in the persuasive, in terms of rhetoric, it's not a persuasive film in that way. It's a philosophical film and, um, and, you know, I, I see myself where Socrates asks, what is justice? This is a film that, that's asking, what is democracy? Um, what's a, what, pray tell, is a human version of an algorithm? Oh, a human version of an algorithm. <laughs> I, well, mean, I, I mean, yeah. I could come up with a few <laughs> yeah. ideas, but that's just such a great phrase. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, the technocrat, right? And, and this idea that... Um, uh, it's funny, technocracy is a word that just gets dropped by Wendy Brown, a political theorist I really um, admire. Uh, and and it was a word where I was like, do I have to pause and define that? But she, we're essentially talking about the fact that, you know, financial powers are so influential right now, and, and it's a kind of minority rule, right? Right. Because the first part of the, you know, the first 20 minutes of the film is about some of the problems of majority rule and sort of the unruly passions of the people. So in response, you know, some, um, you know, uh, people have suggested, okay, well, let's have rule by experts. Let's have rule by technocrats. But then what are the values guiding those people? And if it's, if it's you know, market-driven values, then essentially you're just trying to punch in the numbers to increase GDP or, you know, your bottom line or whatever it is. So, uh, and, and yes, now that, that, realm has been digitized. It's funny because that's also the only reference to sort of digital media and technology mm. in the film, mm. which, you know, media is such a huge part of democracy. And I think we're talking a lot about that right now in terms of thinking about the role of new media in the election and, and the role well, of the internet. But well, Thomas I, Friedman says the world's flat, supposedly, right? Or, or we're moving towards that, and I'm yeah. not sure I would agree. I'd well, like no, to see I the think, footnotes I, on well, that. I, th I think people, it's interesting, I think that vision, the Thomas Friedman vision has been kind of you know, I think mainstream thinking is now like, okay, the flat world's breaking apart, right? The popu this populist resurgence and balkanization and fake news is breaking the, the it could have been flat. It would have been so great. It could have been and now flat. It's, right. Now it's, it's broken. Yeah, it could have been flat. Um, but I didn't, I, I wrote a book about technology that came out in 2014 called The People's Platform. And I just felt like I said everything I wanted to say about the internet and about media. 
and so this film, this film is also trying to remind us that the problems we face are not always as new as we think they are, mm. right? So mm. that there's a, a timeless dimension to this challenge. You know, oligarchs weren't invented in November of 2016 when <laughs> <laughs> you know people started to obsess over Putin and yeah. Trump. So I yeah. think there's, um, yeah, and. And and actually, my book, The People's Platform, was like that too. It was saying, even though we think a lot has changed with the internet, there's a lot of continuity. You know, like we're still, yes, we might all be on our phones, but we still have a very commercial-driven, you know, business model underlying these platforms we use. Like, let's let's not get let's not overemphasize change. Let's pay attention to continuity and to history. Are we giving up on? And I want to talk about the the gap a little bit. Yeah. And and the and the, you know Plato talks about the the wealth and yeah. poverty and so on a great deal. And I mean most I suppose thinkers yeah. have at some point in their lives. But uh, are we giving up on relationship because of technology? I mean that's way too simple. Um, you know we're always on our phones. You know yeah. that we cut. We're making a doc right now. We cut to the shot of some young woman walking on the street, looking down and tripping over a curb or something. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, is that is that kind of almost become nostalgic within the the, the culture at large? Does it make sense? Uh, you know, kids playing video games, not paying attention to our husbands, yeah. wives, partners, because we're always online. I think it's real. I mean, I I know I I'm definitely accused by my partner of being on my phone too much. <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest, and I and I I really try to leave my phone when I you know go out on walks right, and right. The etiquette I mean, is to turn it face down. Yeah, right away, turn it right? face down. I have mine set to black and white, you know. So I mean, I think it's and and to to my point is that you know again, this is the whole thing of you know sort of the personal versus the political. What are the bigger structures? These phones are addictive by design because that's the business model, and it's right. Like, right you get cash for clicks. The and business so, model is based on addiction. Yeah, the business I model is based. It. No, yeah. it's based yeah. on addiction, yeah. and so yeah. you know, for me. You know, I get frustrated about these conversations that are, you know, about okay, we need to have a digital Sabbath and a detox, and it's like, well, no, maybe we need to change the business model because right now these companies literally can't afford for us to just read one thing for ten hours, right? Right, because that's only one click. They'd much rather have us with a, a constantly updating news feed that keeps us in this perpetual present because it's a more lucrative model. So I think. Um, yeah, I think we need to have make an economic critique of these tools, and it's an economic critique that you know dovetails with a lot of the bigger problems of our political system and the fact that you know uh, right now money rules. So, you know, the digital tech thing, I, I think it's really interesting. I think it's got a lot of democratic resonance. Right. But in this, yep. but in this, you know, I think, especially right now when this movie's coming out. I, I actually think the, the film serves a purpose I didn't really anticipate. I didn't realize how not just phone addicted we'd be, but, but news addicted and headline addicted because there's a sense there's a political crisis and sure. everybody's like, you know, sharing the latest, like, shocking yep. revelation. Yep. Yep. So, I don't know. I think the film has value in just that it's, it's sort of, it's slow. Let's just be honest. And it's got a very different, it's not like a Twitter kind of, <laughs> right, right, right. And nor should it be, it seems to me. Yeah, I mean, I hope people tweet about it. I'm not yeah, going to lie. Yes, yes, we will. We will, <laughs> yeah, by the okay. way. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, poverty makes people sick. Yeah, definitely um, it does. And, and we can talk about all kinds of poverty. Mm -hmm. It's not just economic, but I mean, that's certainly yeah. connected to a whole lot of other issues, mm -hmm. social and, and, and development and, and, and gender-based, and mm -hmm. all kinds of things are connected mm -hmm. to this. But we're also talking about other kinds of poverty, relational poverty, emotional, and, and mm -hmm. so on. 
Uh, Plato talks a great deal about it. Um, um, what about, I mean, do, do you have hope? Is, you know, when it comes to this, I mean, there's a, I would say your film is not cynical at all. Like it's at, not cynical. At, it's not. Yeah, I'm not at, very cynical. At, at true. points, I wondered if you were going there. And, and what's so funny about Cornell West, if, if anyone's cynical in the film, maybe he is the most, and yet I don't take him that way at all. Yeah. But his statements, if you take them out and, 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 and compartmentalize them or decontextualize them, they're kind of cynical sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah. But they're also truthful. Yeah, yeah. And they really reveal. Well, I mean, I don't think, the, I don't think being real right. is being hopeless. Right, right. You know, I mean, so, I mean, we have... Our, the the objective situation is so deeply fucked up. I mean, people, you know, every year it gets more and more astonishing, right? I mean, sort of this idea of eight billionaires having half the world's wealth, and you know, the it's, average American, the richest country on earth, doesn't have four couldn't get four hundred bucks if they needed it for an emergency. Like, you know, just like this is, you know, it's it's disgusting. Um, but as 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 terrible as the things are, I mean, this is why I think it's so important to have a historical perspective because things have been a lot worse. You know, I mean, things have been, um, you know, people have managed against the odds to make incredible progress, um, and, and we're facing new challenges. We're facing the challenge of climate change. We're facing the the the, the challenge of a of a corporate order that has basically um, set itself up on the international level through trade deals and. Um, institutions, you know, so that they can basically get around national democracies. I mean, there's there's new challenges that we have to sort of rise to, but um, but if I have hope, it's just from studying history and just saying, you know, who am I to think we can't overcome these hurdles if people, you know, literally, uh, you know, overcame slavery, right? Right? I mean, if you know, I as a woman, I was someone who you know would would not have been you know, considered a, a full human being. So, yeah, the, the hope isn't, it's not like, oh, I think it'll all work out. It's that the hope is in it, the fact that people keep struggling. I think the poverty issue, you know, the, the film has an attention to, the, you know, and it, again, this is something I think that I didn't anticipate, you know, to the, the fact that so many people, even in the U.S., are just struggling to survive, like just basic bodily integrity and safety mm -hmm. and food on the table right. and medical care, you know, and that, you know, that's, that's the reality of the world. It's just, you know, on the one hand, this incredible excessive wealth and um, this, you know, real um, degradation on the other side. We, so don't, we don't hear the w about the WHO or the UNDP talking a lot about development issues in, in the U.S., Right, right, exactly. Well, the, but there was a really interesting thing recently where the UN actually sent people to Flint, right, and and right, you know, and that right. was sort of human right, like the United oh, States. Oh, they're there is, if you did, right? The United, the United States is basically like human rights are something that's a problem in other places. Well, it's exactly, like, not right. here. Exactly, <laughs> you know, point, which is right? what you're saying. Yeah, we, and it's that. It's that. Yeah. I mean, I, I I'm okay with talking about the other as long as we start with this inclusive notion, right? Yeah. Often when we talk about others, it's there's a wall. It's it's about it's about exclusion. Yeah. So it's like an othering that's not helpful at all and, yeah. and quite violent in its yeah. own way, I suppose. But I, I do like to talk about others, but yeah. with an embrace included, you yeah. know. And and I think and that's what I so love about your film. For me, democracy, well, and Rousseau and and all of this, it's struggle and and relationships are struggle. They're hard. It's, oh, yeah. it's, anyone it's who hard, has anyone right? who has a, a family knows yeah. that, right? Yeah. So of course, when you yeah. 
you know, you add more people exponentially gets yes, more complicated. Yes. Yeah, what is it, seven <laughs> in billion and change? It's, yeah. There's going to be some conflict. Yeah, there's, yeah, right. There are a lot of us. And so, I, you know, I think even sometimes, you know, and this is why being uh, involved in political organizing and just seeing how hard it is to even make a functional group of 30 people. And you go, okay, you know, this is this is a challenge, and, and the fact that you know walking around Toronto, we have a on some level there's so much work to be done. Yes. But you also have a pretty functional society. Sure. sure. So yeah. let's. Yeah. I just want us to be in that position where we can appreciate the progress that's been made. Nice. And while also challenging ourselves to rise to these these new dilemmas. So I hate the fact that we're going to have to okay, wrap yes. this up in a couple minutes. Yeah. It makes me give me your makes favorite me question. Kind of angry. Okay. But I want to talk yeah. real quick. What, what what's a holy fool? Why why are things political in the bedroom and where the heck yeah. does happiness play into this because this is like the, the starting question in a way I mean what oh, is yeah, democracy yeah, yeah, is the right. beginning so question yeah, but yeah. you're in Plato's Park yeah. which by the way is just so lovely I mean I can't I love that you got yeah. that yeah oh come on I, so, it's know, ridiculous someone saw, this, someone saw this movie who shall not be named and was like I don't get it why are they in a park and I was like it's the site of Plato's <laughs> Academy like have you no have you no reverence that's right um, yeah show some respect <laughs> show some respect yeah uh, the Holy Fool's thing is great. I think I think the Holy Fool's thing is actually it's what you're getting at with by by going back to this hope, right? And there's something it's easy to be cynical. So do you know the writer Rebecca Solnit? I don't think okay, so. Okay, so Rebecca Solnit wrote a book called Hope in the Dark, and mm, she is nice. so one thing she says in that book is that um, cynicism is that leather jacket everybody looks cool in, and hope is the the pink frilly dress that shows your knees, right? And there's something, uh, it's easy. You, c you can make so many arguments right now by, by again, invoking climate change, invoking um, you know, the concentration of wealth, and she's like, okay, we're, f we're screwed, right? right? right. Um, and so there's something ridiculous. I mean, given all the evidence through history, all the terrible things people have done, there's something ridiculous about, um, about uh, making that leap of faith and thinking we can do it. So that's, that's where the foolery the holy so foolery then. comes in, and um, and so yeah, you know, it's like take off the leather jacket, put on put the on ridiculous it. dress. It's a, it's gonna be okay, you know, but and and uh, but again, the hope has to be the hope of doing the work. It's 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 in in the action. Um, the political in the bed. So the film ends. Uh, so there's a thread through the film, a conversation with Sylvia Federici, the great socialist feminist, and I, at a beautiful um, at. We're, we're looking at a mural that's actually the first secular fresco. And it's a mural in Siena, Italy. And Siena has other symbolism too. It, it represents the beginning of banking. One, the world's oldest bank is there. It's still in operation. Um, but again, she's a socialist feminist. So you know, um, she doesn't only look at the means of production, but the means of reproduction. There would be no workers if women weren't making human beings, right? So there's this whole sort of uh, you could picture almost like a factory line, right? right. An assembly right. line of making people and taking care of people and educating, clothing and feeding before we even get to the realm that, you know, Marx and Engels talked about, right? Um, and, and that point is there just to underscore the fact that democracy is not just government. It's not just the state. It's not even just the workplace. Mm. It's, it's every facet of life. And that's why I talk to kids. That's right. why I talk to people in hospitals, right? It's like, we need to radically expand our idea of democracy. It's not just an election. It's not just a ballot. Um, happiness, you're absolutely right. The major point for Plato and for Aristotle mm -hmm. was basically well-being. Right? right, right, right. I don't sort like of, the word happiness, yeah, actually. I mean, I'm not a fan of it. I think this thing of like, 
because I think there's so much well-being. pressure to be happy, right? Exactly. There's so exactly. much pressure to be sort of happy in a in a plastic. Kind well, what of way. did you call it? The perpetual present. To me, that's yeah. about being perpetually present and not 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 managing our our state our well our well-being wisely yeah. and well. Does that yeah. make any sense? I don't yeah, know. but I think that this is so. I think you know, happiness has a different meaning, and there um, and I know how to. Uh, yeah, I think there's. This is so, anyway. So so happiness for them was a it was a different concept it was it right. was this well-being and and a good city a just city cultivated the the well-being and, and you know there is the american tradition right sort of right the pursuit of happiness sure the, of course yeah and i think we see and i think you actually just sort of got to that point the per, pursuit of happiness can be a sort of pursuit of distraction a pursuit of affluence right, right? um the american dream even if that means you know, you get the American dream at the expense of other people, you know, working in the sweatshop. Um, and I think this this film is is trying to make the case for, a, yeah, a different kind of, you know, collective contentment. Mm, um, nice. Right? Yeah. One thing Cornel West said that didn't make it in, but, you know, and he says, I think he says of justice, but he proposed this, you know, democracy is public love as a kind of public happiness, um, or what Martin Luther King called agape, right? Mm-hmm, Which is like... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, well, it's, it's community, it's yeah, relationship, community. It's, it's right. It's, it's bringing others in. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's what is what is um, I think the French philosopher uh, Levinas, based on Dostoevsky, says something. Uh, I'm uh, everyone's responsible, but I I more than the rest. Yeah, right. right. And, and so if we all take that, mm-hmm. if we all start with that as a first thing, mm-hmm. we're back to love. We're back to inclusion. Yeah, and I think this is so. I was thinking about you know. I'm, so many movies are about romantic love, right. right? So there's 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 Philia and Eros and Agape. I might be, I'm such an autodidact. I might be saying this wrong, right? But there's a lot of movies about Eros, about yeah, yeah. people fall in love and they kiss and the movie ends. Yeah. And I, to me, this film is is um, it's about public love. It's a different kind of right. It's sort of so caring for each other, yeah. and 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 that's why you're absolutely right. And I have to own it. It's not a cynical movie. It's so great. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I'm saying this with a smile. I'm angry that this yes. conversation is coming to an end. Well, thank and, you for thank you for oh, watching it. I'm very grateful oh, that I anyone can't. has watched my movie. Oh, okay, well, I haven't shown it to very many people I'm, yet. So I'm, I'm hoping everyone sees this, okay. and uh, uh, I think you might see a rise in the sale of pink uh, frilly dresses. I hope so. so let's let's hope for that. <laughs> thank you so much, hey, Astra Taylor, today at the Toronto International Film Festival. Uh, did I already say this was my first inter- uh, first face to face interview for the festival? This, so this is pretty big, okay. and uh, let's make sure we get a picture of this to share on social media. And um, what is democracy? Is the film? If you don't get down to the festival to see it, make sure or uh, you look for it. I would imagine either in a theater uh, near you or online in the very near future. Uh, Thanks, Astra, for your time today. Thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.